Hello and welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I am joined by Peter Franklin. Hello. Hello Peter. And I'm also joined by Sally Chatterton. Hello. And I am Charlie Pickles. So today we are grappling with fake news. Uh, Peter has written and unpacked this week entitled The Threat of Fake News Isn't Fake, But Nor Is It New? Which is rather intriguing, Peter. So what do you mean by this? Well, I mean that there's nothing new about fake news. Um, you can go back, you know, decades, even centuries, and you see all sorts of deliberate attempts to spread rumours. Um, you know, think about the, the protocols of the elders of Zion, you know, famous forgeries like that, the Zenoniev letter, um, things like this that were huge news at the time, um, in some respects still are. You still see them floating around conspiracy sites. Um, and yet, um, obviously, complete nonsense. Um, so there's nothing new about, the, about fake news. But over the last couple of years, we seem to have got totally obsessed with the subject. And so the piece that you have uh, written your unpacked on by an economist named, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Peter, I'm sure you'll correct me again, uh, is Branko Milanovic. I think that's um, we'll that will do. We'll that go with do. it. Um, and essentially, what he's saying, or part of his argument at least, that you talk about is that um, actually one of the reasons why we're all so upset about fake news in the last few years is because what we have seen is a shift from the dominant narrative being owned, if you like, by the West and kind of more a more liberal media narrative, yes. and that's now being challenged. Why is that the case, and why do you think that's important? Well, for, for a long time after, you know, the, the First World, uh, the Second World War, I should say, um, right up until, I don't know, kind of beginning of the 21st century, the only really big, very capable international news networks tended to be things like the BBC and um, CNN. Um, Which remain, actually, uh, in some countries, the only source of, I guess, what we might deem sort of a more open, more truthful news. Yes. But we've also had, obviously, new um, non-Western international news networks um, now making their voice um, heard very well. Um, Al Jazeera being probably the first, but we've had others now, uh, Russia Today. Um, and Which is effectively a propaganda uh, type of media. Well, we could... Well, that's how they're thought of, of course, um, and to some extent that's true, that they're, they're government-owned, whereas, you know, um, the Western news networks can be more independent and often cause problems for their governments, their home governments of their home countries. Um, but um, I think the crucial point that Milanovic tries to bring out is that the international news narrative is now heavily contested and his point is that this is why we now get so um, obsessed about fake news because um, he thinks that um, there is a paranoia about foreigners now influencing politics in the West. Which, which, I mean, does seem, and I want to bring Sally in in a minute specifically on the point of, you know, what is fake news and, and why are we so obsessed with it now? But I mean, it, to me, it, there does seem to be quite a clear distinction between um, 
news that maybe carries with it a particular worldview and perhaps that is a more liberal kind of democratic worldview versus news which is propaganda in some way or that is in some way um, not independent, controlled, however you want to put it. And and, and it does seem to me that it's a, it's a bit of a stretch to class um, something like the BBC as fake news just because it carries a certain perspective than someone like Russia Today, which, you know, as we've just discussed, is is not able to say things against the, the government um, of its home nation. But Sally, I mean, why are we so obsessed about this? I don't know. It seems to me that, you know, it's which came first, isn't it? Donald Trump or fake news. They both seem to rise to prominence at the same time, which was about two years ago, wasn't it? And partly, I suppose, um, he leapt on the turn because his, um, his supporters were disseminating terrible stories about Hillary and Pixigo and conspiracy theories like that, um, which... Were, were pretty powerful, weren't they, I think, at the time. Um, and I think he saw that, um, th- th- that there was merit to be had in owning the news agenda, which he then did by shutting down stories he didn't like by calling them fake news. Is that what you think, Peter? Well, yes. I mean, originally, I, I, if, if memory recalls, fake news was an allegation that was put at him and his supporters, but he suddenly turned it around. Right. He so he and to some extent, you know, he was he was the victim of fake news himself, um, unsubstantiated rumours about things he got up to in Russia, um, which you know, if there was proof for, he wouldn't be president now, or at least on his way out. Um, and those were sort of quite enthusiastically spread by, you know, so-called responsible Western media. Um, so, you know, he's been able he's been able to seize upon failings of objectivity um, in you know Western news outlets. And and what about then if we throw into the mix you know these these so-called bots that we hear about? I mean, clearly they are both a fake source of news in that they're you know that they are pretend people for example on twitter yes, or on facebook yes. or whatever um but they're also <clears throat> it has been shown putting forward stories that are also fake so you know h- how much are these bots responsible for the kind of fake news agenda well yes well if, if well it depends how seriously you take twitter of course and how how much it influences you um but yes there has Definitely, there is evidence of systematic attempts to spread certain messages by manipulating social media sites. And a lot was said about Facebook um, as well during the the election campaign. And um, Hillary supporters certainly um, partly blame um, that for the way the election turned out. Um, However, I think Milanovic has a point in saying that the much broader story about the loss of the Western monopoly on the international news narrative has created an atmosphere in which these sort of pinprick attacks through social media and digital are blown, um, I think, out of proportion. Um, because but, I think I mean, they, are you saying we shouldn't take it seriously, well, though? But aren't these stories just hardening the opinions of those who are already pretty partisan and set in their, set in their views about conspiracy and sensationalist stories? Well, I mean, that, that is part of the problem with social media is that it creates these bubbles and these bubbles suck in 
sort of confirmatory Echo information. Chambers. Yes, yes. And so there's a there's a, a ready market for this because the divisions are so deep and there is such a lack of trust between opposing sides. But the suspicion that foreigners are manipulating all of this, I think adds something to the to the scare and sharpens it and does blow it out of proportion, but also absolves us of responsibility because these divisions are primary in our, our politics, Western politics, are primarily problems we've made for ourselves. But you're not, Peter, saying though that we we should just ignore foreign nations interfering where there is actually evidence that that is the case. And there does seem to be evidence that there was quite, uh, you know, a decent amount of Russian interference within the American election. I mean, we can't just ignore that. We can't. No, absolutely. And where there is evidence, then, and if laws have been broken, then we should prosecute. If regulation has been contravened, then we should remove licenses. And to some, and, and there are examples of that happening. Well, and if not, nothing else, it is um, forcing social media platforms to actually take a serious look at what they are are allowing to be published and, and posted on their websites. Sadly, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, as we are running into a slightly slightly longer short today. Um, But fascinating conversation. Thank you so much, Peter and Sally. Thank you, James Coney, our producer. Um, Please do subscribe if you haven't already, and not just to the Unpacked Shorts, but we also have other podcasts which will delight your ears, such as our audio documentaries and also our weekly podcast. Um, And please do rate us if you have enjoyed it.